Welcome to We Are Already Free, a podcast helping free, down-to-earth people to live their truth and be the change, rather than spending so much time fighting against what they don't want. Were you one of the outcasts, the weird ones, the so-called overly sensitive? Did you crush, deny, or hide your authentic expression to fit into the box our society just calls being a good citizen? In this episode, I share something a little different. This is a brief and vulnerable introduction to me, your host. How I arrived at this point of sharing the We Are Already Free message with you and some of the sometimes funny, sometimes sad stumbling blocks I tripped over along the way. And my sincerest hope is that help you to realize that you are not alone, that your story is worthy and your healing is not only possible, but inevitable. Before we get started, I just wanted to thank you for your enthusiastic support of this podcast. We've had over a thousand listens in the first three weeks with over 200 subscribers on various platforms, and I can't even read out all the, all the reviews. There've been so many like this one, which has filled my heart to overflowing. The episode with Tara had me in tears. Such a beautiful conversation. I can't wait to listen to every episode. Thank you for putting this out there. That's from Candy Crush Superstar. Okay, I'll read another one just because I love them so much. Stopped by to listen to one and ended up spending the day listening to them all. Thank you. Thank you. Highly recommend. Thank you, Elise Salina. Such a pleasure. And okay, this really is the last one. Just one more. There's so many, but I'll do just one more. Eye-opening, healing, and profound. Nathan's podcast is a beautiful collection of stories from incredible people around the world. He hand-selects each of his guests who have important messages and stories that I think we all need to hear. Had me in tears from day one. It's a masterpiece. I can't recommend enough. J. Joanne. So thank you. If you are one of the people who left a review, I read them all. They nourish the deepest parts of me and they definitely give me great juice for continuing this podcast and for just taking it to more and more heights. So thank you. Please keep them coming. Now onto the episode and may it serve you in living your truth and loving the unique miracle that you are, dear listener. Blessings and I will see you in just a moment. So I was super blessed to grow up, to be born into the village of Scarborough at the tip of Africa, Cape Town, South Africa, really getting this introduction into life of village life, of growing up connected to nature, to being barefoot, to being in the ocean. It was really amazing. And despite all of that beauty and which I really did help to shape so much of my life, I still experienced the lineage of trauma, both my parents doing the best that they absolutely could, and I'm so grateful to them. But through their own trauma, was there was a lot that happened uh, that was really hurtful for all of us. And my father, the male lineage is one of violence, and the female lineage is one of abandonment. And so I've carried these two wounds with me. And as a highly sensitive person, I still tried when I was young to show up, I think as we all do, just wanting to be seen and have fun and connect and be open and authentic. I think really Gabor Mate says that authenticity is one of the two primary needs of every human and it's not being met for many or most of us. So anyway, sharing this story, the We Are Already Free story, story, story with you today 
So I was this very sensitive boy and I wanted to connect and I quite quickly learned that that's not what society was okay with. So going to school, I was really bullied and bullied in ways that didn't make sense to me. I had never, I never got it. I never understood the sort of casual cruelty. I, it wasn't aligned with how I wanted to be in the world, but I did realize that the way that I was trying to show up wasn't appropriate or welcome. So I really tried to fit in. I tried to crush the authenticity out of myself to align myself with what I thought society was asking of me. As children, we're so sensitive. We're so aligned and, and our, like our brains and our entire being is around how can I belong within this environment that I find myself. And so my belonging was to suppress the authentic parts of myself and to try to fit into these these structures of what I now know to be dis-ease and destruction and dysfunction. And anyway, at some point in that journey, because my both my parents listened to great music and my dad, uh, my mom's a poet, my dad's a musician and a guitar maker, I got, I got into lyrics and songs and stories and I just fell in love, like just fell into it as... You know, listening to Cat Stevens when he's, you know, her eyes like windows trickling rain upon her pain getting deeper. And I was listening to that at like eight years old going, oh my gosh, she's talking about window panes and the pain she's feeling and her tears, which is also the rain. And I was like, how is this all happening at once? And so that is a thread that carried me through when I started playing guitar at about 14, writing songs with my friends. And, and yet I was also self-medicating. I started trying to by trying to fit myself into the society the way that I thought it wanted, I got into um, women, basically. I don't know. I got into this idea of if I could be a player, if I could be a master of seduction, <laughs> then that would mean that I belonged and that I fitted in. And I caused a lot of pain because of that. And I am sorry to anyone I hurt in that time. I apologize. Please forgive me. I... Yeah, I was myself in so much pain and I was doing my best, but that doesn't deny that I hurt people in those teenage years and into my early 20s. I also got into drugs, um, which I don't have a problem with. Some drugs, I don't have a problem. It's all good. But it, if it's taking away from health, if it's taking away from life. And for a time for me, it did using ecstasy. Uh, ecstasy, was, ecstasy actually helped me to feel my feelings again. MDMA was like, oh, wow, I actually have emotions. That was in when I was 19 or so. <laughs> and um but things like methamphetamines, uh, speed, etc., really had a very negative impact. And, and I just spent my sort of teenage and early 20s running, running away, like trying to find myself by, if I could just find a place where everything's just right, where everything out there just matches the way that I think it should be, then it will all be okay. And that didn't really work that way, obviously. And thankfully, the inner voice kept calling and calling and calling. And so I turned back inward. I started turning back inward with much resistance. And at one point, I got, I went to my first ayahuasca ceremony, which was crazy because I had no preparation. I didn't know anyone there. I had no integration. And it was, it just blew my mind for anyone who, who's worked with plant medicines, like, I, w I don't recommend doing it that way. I think there's a much kinder way to go about it with a lot more support, a lot more time and, and practice and just easing into it in a way. Um, but anyway, I did that. And I also did the uh, Vipassana 10-day silent meditation. This is now my early 20s when, actually sort of mid-20s, mid-20s, yeah, when um, I was just needing this alternative way of being. And the Vipassana was interesting because it showed me how much hurt I was causing to myself and to others. It really showed me the pain that I was carrying and the pain I was passing on specifically in the sexual interactions, in the intimate interactions I was having with women. So I decided to be celibate for a while and 
really started like exploring this different way of being inside myself, really embodying. And my authenticity was, this is the thing, it was always trying to shine. It was always there. And I had beautiful friendships and I had amazing adventures and connections. And and yet I was always wrestling with that part of myself. I so wanted to be accepted by the greater society. And I also kept shining my authenticity and it kept not being accepted by the kind of mainstream. So eventually I had to really make a decision around that uh, over time, just like, actually, I want to live it in a different way in the world. And I want to consciously be vulnerable and share my truth and just be myself in the world. Um, you know, I was raised on nature cure. So when we would get sick as kids, we would just have an enema and do a cleanse and do a fast for two or three days. And and we got, well, I don't think any of us really went to the doctor much at all for some emergencies, really. Um, and then when I was a, a young adult living in the UK, I tried the other way, just eating shitty food, drinking loads of booze and going to the doctor when I got sick. And I quickly realized even with all the drugs they were giving me, I was sick for longer and I didn't feel as good afterwards. Like it didn't really work. Anyway, so then at some point committed to music as my career when I was 27 years old or so. And that was a huge leap for me. And immediately on making that decision, started experiencing chronic pain, <laughs> which is interesting how all that works. But uh, spasms in my neck, etc., which I still have today, but it's just the whole relationship with it has shifted and is shifting as I, as I heal and I focus on where I am powerful, not where I'm not. But I really went through an intense period of depression, burnout, chronic pain, like everything fell apart. My Patreon page, which had been so well supported by such an amazing community of people, that fell apart. Um, and yet through it all, my authenticity kept shining and I kept kept taking that, you know, that one step forward, even if I'd taken 10 steps back, just take the next step forward. And then maybe I'll get three steps forward before the next step back. And I realize now more than more and more that the really what is success or what is what healing requires is just getting up or trying again or showing up one more time than I fall down one more time than I fail. It's like, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fall apart. It's all going to happen. And then when I have the capacity, take that deep breath, get up again and continue on the journey. And so through all of that, a big part of it for me was in my desperation at one point. I mean, I was contacting a psych ward because I was suicidal and I was scared that I was going mad and I was trying to check myself in. And I started seeing a therapist and thankfully, as by the grace of the divine, I found my way to back to plant medicine now in my sort of early 30s and really made a dedicated commitment to that work, to breath work, to plant medicines, working with sacred mushrooms, and wrote a lot of the songs, like um, a beautiful song, Every Leaf, which is all about the experience of going into the infinite and then returning and then realizing that this whole thing is just like a complete miracle, like it's a complete mystery, and yet here I am within it, and there's something of a relief in that. So, yeah, through this whole journey of really struggling at times, I just kept showing up, kept showing up. And so by the time the pandemic started, I had already done so much work to extricate myself from needing to follow the rules that I was given by society, by government, by education, by medication, by all of those which had failed me completely in, in actually taking care of my deepest human needs, my real need for meaning and purpose and connection and vibrant health and yeah, like a life of regenerative connection to the cycles of life, birth, death, rebirth, and the whole thing. Like our society just doesn't take care of any of that as far as I can feel generally. <laughs> and so by the time the pandemic came, I just ignored it initially because I th I've ignored things like that for years. It was just like, oh, that's another thing people are 
they're pushing out that people must be panicked about this and oh, we must be scared and there's a terrible stuff. I was like, ah, it'll just pass. And then it didn't. And so I started sharing, started sharing these little snippets of information of like, what about these statistics? And what about the fact that it's only people who are, you know, already past the age of life expectancy in most countries that are actually dying and that those who have comorbidities are the ones who are at risk. And anyone who's healthy seems to be kind of completely fine, generally, most of the time. And those kind of things. But what happened was it just created massive polarity. I started seeing these arguments on my comment feeds, on my social media, and I stopped. I was like, I don't want to be a part of that. That's not my jam. I, I don't want to create more polarity. I want us to be empowered and connect and feel feel our value in the world. And at that time, I was actually processing some work of finding my why, which is this this process of working. Like, what am I, what is, when my gifts and the things I'm skilled at and the things people need all align What does that look like? When I'm at my best, what happens in the world? And my why became that I inspire and help down-to-earth seekers to live their truth so that we can all feel, heal, and grow a beautiful world together. So basically that when I am in in my center, in my most truest self, the result is that people feel safe enough to be their authentic selves, that that is my gift in the world. So at realizing that, I was like, okay, so I I have my truth and I want to speak it and I want to support people on this journey. So what can I do? And I and I, again, I didn't want to polarize things because that just felt crap. It just it was like wasn't exciting at all. And then I started writing for the first time ever. And again, I've been a songwriter since I was 15 years old, and I've written poems here and there, but I've never really written long form poems, and I definitely had never written spoken word poetry. And that's what I started doing. I started writing these long form poems. And I think the second or third one of those poems was We Are Already Free. When I shared that poem, I didn't expect, I mean, I just felt like, yes, this is my truth and it feels good to share. And I didn't expect that it would go viral, which it did. And that's probably how you listening found this in some way is like through that process on Telegram or Instagram or WhatsApp, or all these various places. And it's been such a gift to realize that I don't have to fight against something I don't want. It's good to know what it is. It's good. The shadow is critical. We have to know the shadow. We have to integrate the shadow. That is such a key part of this work. And then where are you putting your energy? Where am I putting my energy? Energy is power, right? So what am I empowering with my energy? It's like we're these these light beings that are generating electrical energy with our attention and our awareness and how we move and how we breathe and what we eat or what we think and who we hang out with. We're generating this energy. And then what we plug that energy into with our attention and with our actions, that is what we literally empower. That's what we give power to through our energy. And that's what we get more of. So once I'd written that poem, it really felt so clear to me that we are already free is is a mantra for our times, for those of us who are on this journey of reclamation, of returning to our inner sovereignty, to the inner being, to the power of just what it means that we are intrinsically free, even if we have forgotten it, even if it has been physically removed from us by force, we are still, there is a part of me and a part of you listening that is inescapably liberated, always. So this brings us pretty much to the end. I'm going to share the poem itself with you now, the We Are Already Free poem, which thank you so much for all the responses and to everyone who has resonated with this. It has been such a gift for me to be able to just share my truth 
and to have it connect with you and for us to be dancing this dance together. Now, I want to acknowledge that some of the things I say in this poem might be triggering for you. They might be challenging. They might cause discomfort. And that's okay. I think it's really wonderful if we can meet in a place where it's okay to disagree. It's okay to not have everything truly aligned. And I'm not judging you if your choices are different to mine. All I'm saying, as you'll hear in the poem, is that we are sovereign beings and our choice is our own to make. And that should not and cannot be taken away from us. So please enjoy this poem. Thank you for being here. If you believe that you can vaccinate yourself to health or consume your way to wealth, if you think nature's a fool because you're not a part of the pool of life in all its branches, then I sincerely wish you blessings. And I think you're taking chances. Though I would never dictate how you choose to feel great, I'd only ask the same weight for my perceptions and the actions I choose to take. Imagine if I told you that, for the good of all, you could no longer eat a takeout, drink Coca-Cola or consume fear. Sorry, I mean media, globally owned by five corporations, but perhaps let's save that for a future explanation. Imagine if I said that the science was in. Living a life of joy, natural food and movement was the solution, and you'd no longer be allowed to spend your days inside your house on your couch wrapped in fear, but you'd have to come outside, sit around the fire, make love, music, laughter and tears, give your time to serve earth and your relations for all your years. How would you feel if I dictated your state from my external place, it wouldn't work, would it? Because it's your body, your choice. Now, the same folk who say it's okay to poison the well. Have you heard of glyphosate? Look it up. It is living hell. Those same people are saying they only care for getting back to normal and your health. When they sit on the boards of the corporations selling the medication that increases their wealth. Hidden in their words is a grain of truth. This society seeks to homogenize you, to normalize the way life comes through until you are nothing more than a resource, consumable, disposable, broken like a wild horse, saddled, bridled with no conceivable recourse, drained, debrained, your energy a devoured force until it's too late, and you say, I wish I'd bucked sooner, for my children are the next course. So here's an invitation. From the heart of love in action. Take a breath and let it go. Feel your gut reaction. Step outside with bare feet. Begin recalibration. Be a rebel. Share a hug. Remember you're in heaven. And if all that is not enough, then please, please stop blaming those of us, the millions of us hidden under all that noise and fluff, we who electrify our lives with truth beyond the lies. Healthy people are not responsible for dis-ease. That's not how nature works. So let us go. We are already free. So thank you again for joining me on this We Are Already Free journey. It's such a pleasure and an honor to be here with you, to be navigating this wild unfolding of society, of transformation. What a time to be alive. What a challenge. What an invitation. And I couldn't think of a better way to do it than navigating it with someone like you. I love being me with you. And if you're listening to this, then for sure, we are, uh, we have a vibe. <laughs> so... The final request that I have for you before we part ways today is that you can 
connect with me. This the strange thing about podcasts is that you're probably listening to this doing the dishes or driving your car or doing some exercise and I don't know who you are. I I just see stats on my player that says this many people are listening, this many people have followed, which is great and I'm so grateful and please keep doing all of that. <laughs> But I don't know who you are and I would love to and I would love to share something of you with this we are already free community here on this podcast. So if you feel aligned please send me a voice note you can send it to me either on my instagram or telegram or wherever you use you just need to go to alreadyfree.me alreadyfree.me and you'll see buttons there to leave reviews and to leave voice notes etc but really just taking that action leaving me a voice note letting me know like how have how are you navigating your freedom how are you embodying the person you came here to be how are you living your truth and being the change and what are your challenges what is it that is that you're coming up against that you don't know what to do about like it's in sharing that we find healing i really more and more especially through working with plant medicines i realize that we are collaborative beings that this whole reality is a collaboration of infinite energetic particles coming together and all saying yes to this reality so It's okay if you're struggling because some other people have the reflections that you need to move through your struggles in the same way that your struggle can serve others to realize that they are not alone. It's all one knowing unfolding within itself and coming to know itself. So let's do it together. Let's do it together. We are not alone. You are not alone. And I hope that this podcast episode has helped you to remember that. and i wish you all the blessings and i look forward to many more episodes now we have some beautiful guests coming up i just wanted to take this moment to really introduce myself say hello to you and i will see you next week and for now just go to alreadyfree.me and leave me a voice note it can be private or it was one that i can share on the podcast in a future episode and you just let me know about that and thank you again for the blessing of your presence i'm so grateful to be me with you and i'll see you next week mm-hmm.